Tempo offense has been in the mainstream of football thinking for about a quarter of a century now when guys like Randy Walker and Rich Rodriguez made it popular. But it still is in many ways an underutilized and undercoached aspect of an offensive attack. Today's best of episode shares the ideas of 11 coaches on maximizing the advantages of tempo by how it is structured, the plays run with it, how it is game planned, the mechanics of playing fast, and how it even can become an ingrained part of your culture. We start with Hawaii offensive coordinator Ian Shoemaker. We've watched Coach Shoe rise through the ranks of coaching from Division II to the FCS and now the FBS on this podcast. I met him in 2006 while he was at my alma mater, D3 Baldwin-Wallace University, and he was using tempo back then. He explains how they view tempo as a stressor to the defense and the beginning of how they layer multiple stressors in their offensive attack. Uh, I've been running no huddle systems since 99. Uh, I learned that all the way back uh, through Rich Rod and Rob Spence and all these guys uh, down the road that uh, kind of got that jump start on Indy and NASCAR tempo and, and playing super fast and being uh, open and, and, and things like that. But you know, as a as I've evolved over the years, you know that tempo piece has really uh, taken uh, you know hold of a lot of different pieces, right? So you can go super fast, the the Oregon flash tempo. You can go uh, to the peak tempo and look everything to the sideline. Uh, you know, from a rerun standpoint, a flip standpoint, uh, and building in your peaks to uh, check with knees and formations. Uh, but, you know, from our standpoint, that's a kind of the starting point, right, that we are going to be tempo, that we're going to play fast. Uh, here at Eastern, we are uh, 100 to 120 play mentality. That's, uh, you know, on the board in our meeting rooms. Uh, Coach Best uh, plays that out for us and, and, you know, asks us to make sure that we are, you know, having that mentality going into the game. How fast can we play? How many snaps can we get? That 1 to 120 mentality going into these games. Uh, so a lot of that does affect how we look at game plan. Tempo is part of our stressors uh, going into a game plan week. Uh, so how are we going to use it and things like that. So kind of going through some of those things. Um, you know, Indian NASCAR, a packet of plays that you can call off the cuff as fast as you can, maybe limited personnel groups, limited formations. Um, the one word calls uh, fastball or, you know, whatever, uh, you know, term you're using for that, but your one word calls that everybody knows memorized and, and, and get you going fast that way. Uh, the other thing that we use tempo wise is, you know, rerunning the same play over again or flipping the play from, you know, say we ran a play one direction on one hash, we get on the other hash because of an outside zone or a screen throw, being able to just flip that exact same play, but run it out of the opposite formation, opposite direction piece uh, from that deal. And then using your dead count, and using your check with me is, hey, I'm in a formation. I'm trying to uh, see what the defense is getting me uh, without a play call in. Uh, you know, those are things that we use from a uh, tempo standpoint, a game plan. When are we going to use those? How are we going to use those? And where does that, uh, you know, move forward for us? Kansas offensive coordinator Andy Kotelnicki is another coach who has made the move up the ranks from D3 to the FBS. He sees tempo as a way for an offense to create multiplicity. And he notes that in a game plan, and he notes that in game planning tempo, paying attention to what plays work most efficiently with a fast pace 
as well as considering the other phases of the game is an important consideration? Well, I, I, it starts with, first of all, is that something that we do well? And so in part of our self scout that we do on a weekly basis and at the end of the year, of course, but we try to keep up on it on a weekly basis. Okay, when are we playing fast? Well, let's say we're just running inside zone. Are we a more efficient and productive team when we play fast running inside zone? Or are we a more efficient, productive team when we play slow? Whatever it might be. So we start there. We go, how are we doing with it? And typically through the years, obviously, we do some of it. So we, we feel like we're, we're, it's helping us. Okay. In our philosophy, as we approach tempos, you know, it's kind of like baseball pitching in that if you got the guy who throws the heat, that's going to be good for a while, but at some point they'll get onto that a little bit. And, and then they're going to, there's no change up at all. Of pace. Right. And so we want to make sure that we're varying the tempo. And, and I think that's, and then that's just, you know, I'm not saying right or wrong. If you play fast all the time or play slow all the time, it's just what we believe is that we're, yeah. we're trying to just change up the tempo on people. So how, how good are we currently at it? All right. And then we start to evaluate things on film of, is that team struggling against tempo, right? If the answer is, hey, yeah, they're struggling when we shoot teams live and play fast, and, well, you're playing fast pretty good, does it make sense for you to do that that week? Well, yeah, it does if you're trying to just get down the field and score points as fast as you can, but there are moments in the game, as we all know, especially if you're a defensive coach listening, mm-hmm. where they don't want the offense playing fast. The head coach doesn't want, doesn't want to be going fast here. He's not trying to set a record for the most number of possessions in the game. And that's, again, that's not right or wrong. Whatever your philosophy is, it's just kind of making sure you're on the same page about how much you're going to be able to do it. So are we doing it well? How are they against defending it? What plays are we running really well that we're executing well that we feel like we can execute at tempo? I always thought we've been running tempo for a while, but I remember running it back when, I guess probably in front of it a little bit in terms of when it became a fad. And thinking, well, that was before officials knew how to really manage it correctly. Yeah, exactly. And they used to change. Used to be able to. Used to be able to run from 11 to 12, and <laughs> just to come in and out. And they would not. They wouldn't know what to do, and so it would just be chaos out there. But I remember early on finding that there were some plays the defense could almost fall into in defending the play if if you guys were doing the right thing. And let's say you ran outside zone left, and but the three technique would just fell off, and he didn't really run, and all of a sudden he finds himself in the backfield making a play. So it may be identifying plays that you didn't want to run against that opponent quickly or another way. But it's certainly having a little bit of tempo certainly makes your, quote-unquote, two-minute situations easier to do when you have the procedure in place to do those sort of things. It's not as big of a deal. You said that before, Keith, you kind of talked about changing the procedures, which – is something I think offensively that is an easy, easy way to add multiplicity to your offense mm-hmm. because really when you talk about changing up procedures, you're talking about things that happen before the snap. And really anything that happens before a snap is choreographed, like a dance. Yeah. So kids can learn how to play fast. They can learn how to play slow. They can learn how to motion. They can learn how to shift. They can learn how to do all that stuff. Check, check plays. They can learn how to be – they can be choreographed. That, doesn't, that is not straining or taxing on their bodies. Okay? Right. But then the challenge becomes – we're going to do these choreographed movements, whatever, playing fast, motions and shifts, making sure that the things that we're choreographing allow us then to hopefully help execute the play that we're calling, whatever, four verticals, all hitches, inside zone, left, inside zone, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're trying to do with our tempo a little bit. I hope that answers the question about how it kind of fits into our game plan. We want to be able to carry it. Very rarely do we go into a game and say, oh, man, we can't play fast at all against these guys. Because like you said, Keith, at the end of the day, your job is to score one more point in the defense. Right. And so – that's what you got to do. What's the fastest you can go? Well, new Wisconsin offensive coordinator Phil Longo points out that you can move as fast as the officials. So 
understanding what their pace is can allow you to build your procedures and call plays that can be executed within that 12 or so seconds that it takes for an official to spot the ball and put it in play. The speed of which the referees can get the ball set is as fast as you can possibly run the offense. So for anybody that's stressing over trying to run the offense so fast that they can be faster than the next guy, it really doesn't matter. You only have to signal and be able to line up and run it as fast as the officials will allow you. So if the average time in your conference for the officiating crew is 12 seconds, then as long as you can communicate what you're doing to your players and allow them to get lined up before that 12 seconds is up, you're already running the offense as fast as you can humanly run it and as fast as the officials are letting you run it. So, you know, sitting at a practice the other day with a coach that said, hey, we can run this thing about six, seven, eight seconds right after the last play. Well, that's great. But if the officials don't let you snap it until 12 seconds, you only need to be as fast as 12 seconds. So we just try to build our stuff so that we can beat the officials. And if we can beat the officials, we're running the system at the highest speed we could run it at, regardless of, you know, what we've done in practice. I don't know if that makes sense to you, but that's, there, there's a limit. There's a Absolutely. speed limit. And you're not going to run it any faster than they can get it lined up. So we're just trying to be a little quicker than them so we can snap the football when they back away. Texas passing game coordinator and receivers coach Brennan Marion views tempo as a part of their attack, which wears a defense down and forces the defense to play a fifth quarter in terms of the amount of reps. In order for the offense to operate efficiently, they're trained to understand everything instead of just being a robot running plays. And he explains the importance of that here. You know, I, I've seen the, the fruits of what happens of going fast, you know, playing for Coach Malzahn as a player. Um, he's still successful now, 10 years later, with going fast. So, I, I mean, I really just believe in that. You know, that's what we major in here at Howard. So, Coach, talk to us a little bit about how you're creating that fifth quarter. What are the keys for you in being as fast as you can be? What things are you teaching your players that you make sure that we're going to operate at a very fast pace? I think the one thing that you want to do as a coach is you want to have continuity on the line. You want the linemen all to be in collaboration and communication together. You want the, the, all the skilled players to be in communication and collaboration, but you also want to create the competitive, the competitive edge. And that, when I say that, I'm saying multiple guys feel like they're, they're the guy. You know, we want all our guys to feel like they're the guy. And how we create the, the fifth quarter is why we don't create robots. We teach our players the whole scheme. We teach them everything that goes on. So our, our receiver's going to know exactly what the line's doing, the quarterback's doing, the running back's doing. Same thing all the way around the board. Then we can play a lot faster because guys know when they see that signal what to do if they're lined up in a spot. If they even line up in the wrong spot, they still know what spot they need to get to. Kind of like you know, your mindset on defense, if you create a shell and you still have to get back to your spot or, or to, down to a spot, you know, we're trying to do the same thing on offense. The offensive coordinator of the USFL New Orleans Breakers, Noel Mazzoni, was at the forefront of tempo and continues to utilize it. He points out how he teaches what he calls the full book, then gives the players something they can play fast with by having an abbreviated cliff notes. He explains the approach and how he sees all of it coming together 
as well as what plays work best with tempo. I make them read the book first, okay, and then they get the clip notes. Mm -hmm. So they got to know that's trio, right? This is where it is. So I'm going to let them do that for, for, a, for, a, for a little bit. And then I'm going to show up one day and say, hey, you guys remember that play we've been running, trio, zip, 13, smoke, X, gift? Remember that play? Oh, yeah, coach, we know that play. Right, hey, we're just going to call that New York. Great. So when I call New York, just run that play. And to me, that – and there I'm, maybe other guys have different ways of doing it, but that's kind of how I like to install my tempo plays. Coach, for you, when you're looking at tempo plays, do you feel that there's a certain – type of play that works better in tempo versus others? Uh, yeah, because number one is in tempo. And so we all talk about tempo. Well, that's kind of the RPOs and tempo is kind of the cool, cool right. stuff now, right? Yeah. I mean, even, even Chris Collinsworth talks about it during the Super Bowl, right? Every completion nowadays is an RPO completion. <laughs> but which I think is awesome because I think it puts, does put pressure on the defense and defenses are starting to catch up to it too. Sure. All right. They're starting to catch up to matching, matching your routes and still defending the run and doing those type of things, which you, which happens on all offenses and everything's, everything's exactly. secular. Right. Yep. But, but so I think you've got, I, 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 I it's, to me, it's a base. It's something that we're going to run a lot of because I think I need as many, many, many reps as I, as I, as I can get with it. And then I need more. It's also one where there's not going to be a lot of different line calls for my offensive line. I mean, I kind of look at football. I kind of look like that offense like this is that number one, I'm trying to gain outnumber your defense. Number two, I'm trying to out leverage your defense. That's all I'm trying to do. And then I'm just trying to create space, right? And get the ball in the one-on-one situations, whether it's a throw or it's a catch and tackle. So that's basically what the whole thing is based on. Let me just create space, put the ball where the space is in a guy's hands, all right, and make them make a one-on-one tackle. Okay, I don't want nine guys tackling power, okay? I want one guy trying to tackle a, a, a bubble screen out, out in the perimeter. And so, uh, so I, I'm trying to spread the, spread the defense. The hard thing is, the thing you really have to be conscious of, I've found is in this – this tempo, get it out quick offense is you do spread the defensive horizontally, but you also got to understand we got to spread it vertically also, mm -hmm. because then all defenses do is they start involving safeties in, in in their defense, and pretty soon you got eleven guys within nine yards, eight yards of the football. So you also have to incorporate that. But I wanted the so anyway. Back to the original question is the tempo stuff. Is I think how you call the plays is your tempo. So in other words, is if I go out and I do, I go, hey, give me trio right, all right? Hey, let's run 13 smoke X gift. All right, for the time for all that to happen, all right, is not going to be as quick as when I just yell, hey, give me New York. Now my guys can line up. They go. They're not having to read, read signals, do all, too many signals, all that kind of. The quarterback doesn't have to stand there and read all the signals for all the tags and everything. So I think how you structure your play as in a one-word tempo play, as a two- or three-word tempo play, or just calling the play like it's written in the playbook will, will change your tempos. And, that, and my guys learn that too, all right? They learn when it becomes a one-word play, they got, their, they got their foot on the gas. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're lining up and run this as fast as we can, and they're going to basically be plays 
where I'm where there's not going to have to be a lot of adjustment by my offensive line. All right, because all I want to know is my five or six offensive, my five offensive linemen and my tight end or my five offensive linemen. Hey, you got the four down on the mic, the quarterback and receivers. You got the rest of the guys. So it's really kind of two game plans, two plays going on simultaneously. Coaching needs to be tangible and measurable in training tempo. Incarnate Word assistant Keith Bearfield ran the statistically fastest offense in football while he was the offensive coordinator at Quincy, and he helped them turn an offense around and break records. In this segment, he explains how tempo should be coached as well as the mechanics of running the fastest offense. As well as the mechanics of running the fastest offense. One thing that we, we tried to do, the reason that I believe our tempo was so proficient and so effective for us was the way we taught it, the way we installed it, and the way uh, that we kept teaching it all the way through the season. Okay? One of the biggest mistakes that I've seen coaches make when I'm trying to teach tempo, whether I'm visiting the practices or whatnot, it's they try to do the same system that's not tempo, make it tempo just by saying do the same thing but faster, right? So the coaching point from the sidelines, you know, or practice is just them yelling, you know, tempo, right? That's not, to me, that's not a coaching point. To me, that's not a tangible, measurable coaching point. And the rule of thumb that I always go by is if my, if my mom can sit in the stands and make the same point, then it's not a coaching point, right? Like for receivers, they drop a ball. What's a normal fan going to yell? Catch it. Well, that's obvious, right? You want him to catch it. So you know, change your coaching point to hand placement. You know, see it all the way in. And so we wanted to make our coaching points in tempo measurable. Coach feels a big part of their success is the way that they teach it. And for them, they define it and make it measurable. The coaching points are measurable, and everything they do within tempo has some specific coaching points that are tangible to the players. First off, we told, you know, tempo starts at the end of the previous play, right? So we told all five offensive linemen, as soon as that whistle blows, that, that play dead, you need to be jogging to the new ball spot and get your feet fully set. And what do I mean by fully set? So we, we need to have our feet set. We don't need to be in a stance. We don't need to bend our knees and our hips yet, but your feet need to be set in such a way that when you do get the play and it's time to get in a stance, you don't have to readjust your feet, pick them up and put them back down, right? So your cleat should stay in the ground and you just sink down into your stance from there. Why? Okay, so let's say they're, they're standing there at the ball spot. They get the play, and it's time to get in the stance, and everybody else is ready, okay? The center readjusts his feet and widens. What's the guards got to do? Oh, they got to readjust their feet. Then the tackle's got to readjust theirs, okay? Tight end, if he's in the core, he has to readjust his. If they had to take a step forward, now the quarterback and the running back have to readjust their, their alignment. All right, so what does, that, what does that do? That takes up time. Maybe three, four seconds. That might not seem like much, but you know, think about what you can do in four seconds. Like there's some NFL combine guys who can almost cover 40 yards in, in four seconds, right? And so we want to eliminate and shave off 
as much time as possible. And that's one thing that we, we coached in practice, and that's one thing we can see on film is if they're you know, readjusting their feet to get in their stance. Okay. So the second thing is for the five eligible players on the field who did not have the ball at the end of the play, we should see, okay, game film cuts off to the next play about two to three seconds after the play ends, right? It kind of plays on for, you know, one and a half to three seconds or so. In that time period on the game film, we tell our guys, we should, if you don't have the ball and you have an eligible number, we should see your head snap to the sideline to get the next signal before the film cuts off, right? And so, you know, again, the coaches, we have to be tempo too, right? And so we have to have a signal for them to get in order to make it worth looking. But that's something we can measure on film. That's something we can watch at practice and we can improve on, right? And then the third thing is everybody knows the ball carrier should give the, the ball to the ref to help help the tempo out. But what we, what we found was, you know, that, that sideline referee, when you get tackled on, on the sidelines, he's going to ask you for the ball. And what's he do with the ball if you give it to him? He puts it down at his feet, gets another ball in the game from the ball boy, tosses it to the umpire. Umpire kind of takes his time lining it up with the, with the ball the sideline judge put on the ground. And once he gets that ball down, then we pick up the other ball hand it to the ball boy, now we're ready to go. And so kind of to eliminate that extra three to four seconds, we tell our guy, even if he's yelling at you to give him the ball, you just completely ignore that referee. You pop up as fast as you can so we can't get to you. And you run the ball inside the hash and toss it to the umpire so he can just spot it and we can go right now. Okay, and that was that was a major point that we – that we worked on every single day in practice. Tennessee offensive line coach Glenn Ellerby was part of one of the most explosive offenses in the country in 2022. The Vols were number one in total offense with 538.1 yards per game and number one in scoring with 47.3 points per game. He explains why he loves tempo for offensive line and provides the details on coaching the mechanics of tempo with the O-line in this segment from Lawrence First and Goal. Really, for us, why tempo is one, I feel like just up front gives us a, a huge advantage blocking defenses, blocking D-linemen that don't have their hands on the ground or are tired. Like you go up to the offensive line and you ask them, man, do you want to run block a three technique that has his hand on the ground and is when resting for 30 seconds after a huddle or – try to pass block a defensive end that's doing the same thing. And once they get a chance to do it versus a guy that's tired or not set, even though sometimes IDs and things like that can be a little bit more difficult, boy, it's uh, it's well worth it. Plus, just the simple mathematical fact of, man, the more times you snap the ball, the more chance you have a chance to gain yards and score. And um, I think it can create opportunities that uh, for guys that typically aren't as talented as the dudes across from it actually – line down and play a whole lot faster. For the center, and I've got some clips of how we coach it and we'll get into questions that people typically have. Like, man, how do you actually coach tempo? How do you practice it? Really, it's a scrimmage environment. It's coaching these mechanics 
from that continuous tape. But the center, first thing that happens as soon as a ball breaks where really it's any ball, he doesn't know where exactly it landed. He's going obviously know where it ended up. Like if the ball ended up outside the left hash, he's going to track it down the left hash, look to the line judge, and try to find that intersection of wherever the ball landed on this side of the hash to where the line judge set his foot, and he's going to set his feet and kind of get a feel for where that line judge is, where the ball's going to be spotted. And typically after a while, they get pretty damn good at it. So you'll see the way we coach it, where the center's going, guards and tackles. Man, their only job is to find the center. Center should be working his way to the ball where that intersection is going to be, where I think we are unique in some of the skill positions. Again, won't touch on it as much, but the ball, they know where it gets tackled in terms of the line scrimmage. So if anything's a, what ends up being a gain forward, they're going to always find the umpire, try to get the ball back in him, no matter where they catch it, who runs it. If it's a positive play, the ball is ran and soft tossed back into the umpire whatever reason it's a run and it's a negative play we coach the running backs to know the center judge is always coming over his left shoulder so he should get up look to his left and try to get back to the center judge as fast as possible you know with the skill doing that piece of it kind of helps the offense line do their part of it arkansas offensive line coach cody kennedy believes that training for tempo has to start in the meeting room and be carried over to walk through in getting linemen to think and make their calls quickly. He explains how to do it in this segment. I, I think to train for tempo, you've got to ask questions with urgency, and they've got to know that it's got to roll off the tongue. It's got to be second nature to them. Uh, when you ask questions in the meeting room, you can't give them a lot of time to react to it. They've got to know. They've got to be locked into it. You've got to you know, insinuate that in your, in your culture as well. Uh, when you ask them questions in the meeting room, it can't be, uh, we got to, we got to go. It could be a tempo call, uh, that we have to make. It could be on a play where we're trying to get the defense at a disadvantage, uh, with our tempo and, uh, they've got to be confident. I, I think the biggest thing is, is, and this is what I say in my room a lot, confidence equals speed and speed equals power. Obviously all, all offensive line coaches want to play with power, uh, but to start that, to start that sequence, you've got to be confident in what you're doing. And if you're confident in what you're doing, the calls you're making, the looks you're seeing, you can do that with speed, and then you're going to create power through that speed. Uh, so I, I think that's the, the, the chain we try to connect. And, you know, if you're, if you're not confident, you're not going to be very fast at what you're doing. If you're not very fast at what you're doing, you're not going to be powerful. So we've got to connect that chain. And uh, it, it all starts with confidence and, and knowing what you're doing and know the task at hand. And, uh, you know, I, I try to insinuate that a little bit in, in everything we do, whether that's asking questions in the meeting room or walkthroughs, uh, giving them the play and then going right into the snap count to try and simulate that tempo and uh, not give those guys a lot of time to sit there and because uh, they're not going to have that in a true tempo situation. Uh, so you, you've got to do a great job as an offensive line coach to have your guys ready for that situation. And those are just some, some ways offhand that, you know, I like to use uh, to get my guys ready for that situation. McMurray University head coach Jordan Neal joined us when he was the coordinator of the number one offense in D3 in 2016, averaging over 600 yards per game. 
He explains what he calls his 10-10-100 and perfect play drills, which teaches players to line up and play fast, as well as get into shape to play at a fast pace. But, but when we get out on the field, one of the things that we, that we try to do, uh, we, we have a rapid transfer drill, and we also have another drill called 10-10-100. Uh, and these are, these are great drills that we use, and they completely have, have uh, negated and nullified any conditioning that we might have to do at the end of the practice. So we're never going to spend you know, 10 or 15 minutes running gassers or running curves or doing up-downs and you know, and what I would consider to be petty, petty type stuff like that, when you can get your conditioning in, running a full out, full tilt drill where you're getting, you know, like in our 10, 10, 100, we, we run 10 different route combinations for 10 straight minutes and we're trying to get a hundred reps. And, and, and so that's the focus is that we, we really, it's not that we don't care about our execution. We, quite the contrary. I mean, we are trying to be efficient and throwing and catching the football you know, we're not going to tolerate being sloppy just for the sake of going fast. But our focus is exactly that, going fast, learning how to think when you're tired and learning how to focus on the little things when it's a little bit hectic and, you know, the ball's flying around. you got three, four quarterbacks going at a time. Uh, and I think when you kind of make that the norm, it just – I think kids tend to uh, adapt to the setting that they're in, whether whether it be – uh, you know, whether that bar is really high or that bar is really low. And, you know, since day one that we started at Hendricks, we, we kind of just said, hey, here's the expectation. We're going to go out. We're going to play fast. We're going to be competitive. And uh, our kids have just kind of gotten gotten used to that. That's that's really the norm. Coach, explain the setup of your 10-10-100 drill. So what we do is we, we get on one hash or the other. We can only work one hash per day. But, like, on a Tuesday, we'd say left hash, and we'd have – uh, quarterbacks going at a time, and we'd have uh, two, two receivers going at a time on the boundary side, short side of the field, so left hash. Um, and, for example, our, our first route that we would run is we'd run two hitches. And, you know, we actually have about – we've got four to six quarterbacks going at any, at any – you know, in our program at, at any given time. So those guys snap to each other, and it's fast and furious. We've got one line of the two quarterback lines that calls the snap count each time. It's, you know, for us, we just said, ready, set, go. You know, we'd run two hitches, and then those quarterbacks would switch, you know, right there in the line. And they, you know, one of them would have been throwing the outside guy, the other one switches and throws the inside guy. Uh, so they get two quick throws, and then they exchange out, and now they're snapping to their quarterbacks. And everybody, all the receivers in the program, whether slot, you know, you know X's or C's, they're all playing the outside, and you know, our tight ends and our, and our slots are all playing the inside. And everybody will run that hitch, and you catch it from the 10-yard line going in. You catch the ball, and you go score. And you hustle back, drop the ball off, hop back in line. When we get back up to the top, you know, our next route combination might be, you know, smash corner. The next one might be slant flat. The next one might be uh, vertical out. The next one might be vertical, you know, vertical dig. Uh, but we we script that so as soon as those guys are coming up you know back up to the top of the line I'm calling out the next combination and it just rolls and it is just as hard and fast as you possibly can go so that's what we would do for 10 minutes on a Tuesday going on the left hash and then the next day on a Wednesday we we get that over on the right side so a lot of the tempo you have is built into your drills as well and it's just a, a way that you guys yeah. kind of operate throughout. Uh, now, does the offensive line work that kind of tempo within what they do as well? Yeah, absolutely. So while we're, while we're doing a 10-10-100, the offensive line would be doing perfect plays. They'd be on the opposite opposite hash, you know, b- between the hash and the sideline, working that other column of the field. And they'd be doing what we call perfect plays. 
Uh, and it's the same type of deal. It's a, it's a jet tempo, NASCAR tempo, whatever you want to call it, type situation. We'd have it scripted. And it'd be very similar to like the 10-10-100. They'd be going from the 10-yard line in, and then they'd be riversiding and going from the goal line to the 10-yard, uh, you know, to, out to the 10-yard line. And they'd be going through every single one of higher – you know, and that doesn't change for them because, again, we're limited to running power to the right, power to the left, you know, inside zone right, inside zone left, dart right, dart left, GY counter left, right, uh, so on and so forth. But they get all ten combinations of run plays that we're running, you know, run the play, sprint ten yards, immediately Riverside, and they're going right back. So we'd have two groups of those going at a time, and uh, that's kind of the conditioning that we'd be getting going at the, you know, at that same in, – in the meantime as we're doing 10 10 100. And and where are the running backs in the mix? The running backs would be doing perfect plays with the linemen, so they'd be getting the they'd be getting the same mesh exchange with the quarterback. Uh, you know, we'd usually have a freshman quarterback or even a GA that would be uh, you know uh, playing quarterback and handing the football off during that time. But uh, those guys would be over there getting their handoffs and working on hitting the hole and scoring. Tempo is not reserved for no huddle only. Army tight end coach Matt Drinkle joined us on the podcast for the first time in 2017 when he was the head coach at Kansas Wesleyan, where they had one of the most potent offensive attacks in NAIA. He discusses how tempo can be utilized from a huddle to stress a defense. Yeah, they, yeah that, that has been so successful for those guys. It's unbelievable. In fact, I usually in, <laughs> I, the guy who's the offensive coordinator at Northern State right now, Myers Henderson, used to work for me down here and he, and he he loves that he thinks that is one of the greatest pieces of of tempo and, and wrinkles you can put in offensively whereas i've always been more of a look guy like look to the side but that has been so and you see a lot of teams every team that runs that that like that, that burst huddle or whatever they are so successful with it because it's so you know you can jump into unbalanced you can hide passing strengths uh to mess with defenses it's just that that has been a huge huge a way to really, again, hide personnel and sprinkle in different tempo. And then especially if you, you know, you see that, so you expect it to go fast, but then if you either hard count out of that or look out of that, you can, you can steal yards and free plays. We finish up with the head coach of Klein Kane High School in Texas, James Clancy. They finished 10 and two in 2022. He started the program at this new high school in 2017 and immediately made being up-tempo a part of their culture. It's something they live in everything they do, and he explains how they coach tempo in practice, as well as every phase of their program. This has allowed them to have success on the field right away. Well, we're an we're a up-tempo offense team. You know, We believe in, in, in doing everything at a high rate of speed. Um, we believed that that was going to give us a sense of urgency in everything that we did, you know, and just because we're up-tempo team, you know, on offense didn't mean that we didn't have, you know, a fast-paced mentality, you know, in our other phases, you know, defense and special teams and things like that. But, you know, from the way that we checked roll, from the way that, like, you know, our kids jog down to athletic period every day. Like, we are always have a sense of urgency in everything that we do. Um, and we feel like when you have a sense of urgency with everything from how you check roll, from how you transition to the weight room, from how you transition to your meetings, if you have a sense of urgency, that's going to carry over into your performance. We believe in making sure that when it's football time, you know, whether it's athletic period or after school practice, uh, off-season training, that, you know, it needs to be noticeably different mindset than what you go about, you know, day to day, you know, and, and I think that, 
Um, our kids have done a, a nice job of understanding that, and they know when they cross that line into the hallway and they got to jog down to, to athletic period, it's, it's time to go get work done. You know, and I think that we did that from the very beginning. You know, even, you know, from when we just had two grades, you know, those really inherent things that we felt like these become the tradition. So, like, you know, when you – those first group became seniors, you know, the, the that group of freshmen, sophomores, and juniors that were coming behind them, they just – you know, they started jogging down because that's what we did, you know. Um, and, I, and I think those allowed us to have a foundation uh, to when our talent caught up to – uh, our talent, our experience caught up to our expectations. That's when we were we were ready to go go try and win. Yeah, the the coaching side too. If someone's going to this for uh, the first time, they haven't done it before. So there is an adjustment in coaching in an up tempo environment as well. I I don't believe. Uh, and well, I'm just going to coach it on the film. I heard that you know beginning a, a tempo mm-hmm. tempo era. Oh, we just coach it off film. I don't I don't think those guys did. I think certainly they're going to get more off of film. Because you always have to be coaching, you always have to be giving feedback. So, a- any advice on that side of things for a coach? You know, to be able to coach in an up-tempo environment. You know, I use the phrase "I live it with the players." Like I live, I live the, during the play. Like you know, I, t- I talk to them about, hey, you know, why not you split? All right, hey, ball's coming to you. Like you know, um, I live the play with them, and I coach as they're transitioning to the next play. You know, there's no stop. Everybody listen. You know. Um, I try to communicate as I go and coach as I go to the kids are getting coaches are going on to the next play, you know, and then I reiterate those points when we do get to come back and watch the film. You know, one of the things our staff does a great job is, you know, huddle allows us to go in and type comments and stuff in, um, you know, on the video and, and we're, we're able to send our players out playlists and things like that with notes on them. Um, and those messages always need to be consistent from what you're saying in practice to what you're saying in those notes. Um, but that is definitely something that, like, you know, you got to coach on the run, you know. Um, and it's very similar, like, to a game. Like, you're trying to make an adjustment, like, tell somebody to widen out or whatever. And, and there's really no difference in how we coach and approach stuff in practice than how we do a game because we're constantly moving, constantly telling our kids, you know, what to do and, and – and how to go about doing things. So I think that'd be the biggest adjustment for some people because, like, you know, they want to stop and they want to talk to their guy about a step or, you know, whatever. And it's just like, hey, coach, you got to tell him, you know, he's got to do half an inch more and you got to get him going, you know. And so I think that's the biggest adjustment for a coach that's never been in it. The best piece of advice that I could give a staff if they'd never done it before and now they're going to it is go watch somebody practice. Yeah. Don't watch game film. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, obviously, you know, you can get some ideas off of game film, but I'm talking about – go watch a tempo program practice from how they come out to stretch to how they do pre-practice to how they transition to drills. Then you kind of get the whole idea of, of how it works because you can't see that on film. you know. But once you see the, the moving parts and the inner workings of it, then you're like, okay, this is what I want to do. Absolutely. Whether you have been running tempo for a while now or it's something you want to use this next season, there are plenty of coaching points here from very successful coaches. Most of these coaches have presented in the clinics we have run as well, and those talks are linked in the show notes, as are the entire episodes. Follow all we're doing at coachandcoordinator.com, and follow me on Twitter at Coach K. Grabowski.